Comey was spying on Trump. Well, the reason he was writing the memos was to create a record so that he could destroy No Trump. American knowingly colluded with the Russians to interfere in our election campaigns. Oh wait, unless you mean Hillary Clinton. Pardons, prosecutions, and transparency. You're listening to Tom Fitton's weekly update here on JW TalkNet. Hey, everyone. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update on social media. Thanks for joining us this week. A lot to talk about. Judicial Watch is in court uh, with new cases. Uh, We have more developments on the uh, really uh, crazed censorship of Donald Trump and other conservatives. Uh, Big lawsuit on immigration. Uh, so a lot to talk about, but let's let's start with the decision by uh, Facebook and its oversight board, which is the independent or quasi-independent body, to continue the Facebook ban of President Trump uh, from that social media platform. You may recall uh, they shut him down on January 6th uh, based on panicked, politicized decision making pretending that what he was saying was incitement when in fact it wasn't incitement. Uh, And uh, it's uh, been remarkable that they have yet to uh, pull back from, I guess it's not remarkable, it's not surprising, but it's outrageous. So that's what's remarkable about about it. It's it's kind of contempt for all sense of fairness, the First Amendment, and um, uh, the very concept of free speech. So Facebook has designated a group of outsiders, nominally independent, called the Oversight Board, or Wellian named, to uh, review and potentially overturn its decisions to censor users. And this Oversight Board uh, decided to consider the Facebook ban, and essentially uh, they supported it. We opposed it. We filed a comment with the Oversight Board. Uh, and obviously others have been pushing the oversight board to overturn this decision. But the board, as is typical of large bodies, especially silicon type bodies, bodies is, is full of ardent leftists. Uh, I think the majority of whom, based on our analysis, had been affiliated with Soros connected groups. So it's essentially it's the transnational left on this oversight board. Not only do they endorse the initial ban, but they uh, suggested that Facebook can keep him banned for at least six more months and uh, potentially for the for forever. And uh, they took the position that Facebook, uh, uh, both Oversight Board and Facebook, take the position uh, that uh, it's essentially the Democrat far left position that objections to the elections, objections to how Congress treated the Electoral College results, is the equivalent of inciting violence. Now, uh, in in the report that the Oversight Board issued, they talk about specifically uh, five or six people, five people dying during because of the rioting. Well, that's not true. One person was killed, Ashley Babbitt, and she was a Trump supporter who was shot in really. There was no good reason to shoot her. She wasn't brandishing a weapon. She was trying to enter a room that, in theory, that she was not allowed to enter through a window crawling through it. She was shot. We don't know the name of the police officer. And uh, this perpetual ban on Donald Trump is not only 
uh, ought to be concerning to Donald Trump, obviously, but to every American who values the idea of free speech and such. And what I found very interesting, because as you know, Judicial Watch has uncovered that uh, the uh, Facebook and Big Tech have been coordinating with government officials to censor Americans about uh, the election issues. That Facebook refused to tell its own oversight board whether it had talked to government officials about the suppression of Donald Trump. Now, you Ray, uh, if you were watching me last week, I went through with you the new documents Judicial Watch uncovered from the California Secretary of State's office, a government entity, showing that it had successfully worked with big tech and pressured big tech, Twitter, Facebook, which owns Instagram, Google, which owns YouTube, to censor Americans' postings related to the election, and including Judicial Watch and yours truly, specifically a video I had posted or Judicial Watch had posted featuring me, one, one of our weekly update uh, uh, videos. They censored it. They took it down thanks to pressure from the government. And you can bet when you scratch beneath the surface here, you're going to find that behind the censoring of Donald Trump. Because every time elected officials of the left talk about censorship or big tech, they complain big tech isn't censoring enough and want them to censor more. So this isn't a private issue where the private companies can do whatever they want. A, that's not true as a matter of law, in my view, or either under Section 230 or any other uh, rubric of law, law that governs these, these groups, these big tech platforms. But now we know it's not true literally in the sense that the government's been behind some of the censorship. And now uh, Judicial Watch has uncovered additional material this time from the Iowa Secretary of State's office, showing that they had worked directly with Facebook to censor and suppress our material. We had criticized Iowa around the time of the uh, Iowa caucuses about having dirty election rolls. Now, the Iowa Secretary of State's office, which is controlled by a Republican, is a Republican. He, got, he was furious and said that we were putting out false information. It wasn't false. So they were disputing our numbers. And the funny thing is, we said it was this dirty, and they said, well, it's only this dirty. You know, it's not much of a difference even between uh, Judicial Watch and the IRS, Iowa Secretary of State. And they were pretending that they could keep names that had, uh, were no longer uh, active on the rolls forever, it looks like. So, I mean, that's for neither here nor there. They have a right to object uh, to a, a statement by Judicial Watch. A reporter calls up the Iowa Secretary of State's office. They say, well, we dispute those numbers. This is, the, this is what we think the numbers are. That's fine. But to take the next step and to go to a platform and say, we don't like what Judicial Watch is saying. We think it's wrong and you should take it down. And then they take steps to actually do that. That raises significant new legal and constitutional issues. And it raises legal issues, not only obviously for the government entities involved, but for the companies that conspire with these government entities to deprive Judicial Watch and yours truly of their God-given First Amendment rights. And you think it's just about the right to free speech? No, no, no. The First Amendment covers other rights. And it's related to even to the um, uh, the Trump speech, or, or the, excuse me, the Trump ban, where 
the allegation is that the rally itself was illegal and improper and illicit. So you can't petition your government. You can't peaceably assemble and obviously express your views, free speech. That's the theory the left is operating under. They want to deprive their political opposition of their core civil liberties to, uh, to, to retain, obtain, and expand their power. That's what's going on here. And as we see in Iowa, it's not just partisan. It's the government. And the government has Republicans in there who like to abuse their authority and Democrats in there who like to abuse their authority. So just don't, don't think this is quote a left-right issue or a Republican versus Democrat issue. You know, I always go back to, um, I was always struck by a book I read uh, and, uh, by uh, the late Judge Bork, who uh, was wrongly denied a seat on the Supreme Court by Joe Biden and the radical left. Uh, Judge Bork's book, The Tempting of America, he wrote a few books, but I read The Tempting of America. And as I recall, the thesis of his book was, you know, he's an originalist, a kind of a, uh, he wanted a strict reading of the Constitution by judges. You know, what is the Constitution says? What, what does it, what did it mean to the people who wrote it? And that's how it should be applied. And his theory of, of, of uh, judicial decision making and his warning about judicial decision making, and this is the broader issue that I want to bring up, is that it's tempting as a judge whether you're a conservative, Republican, or Democrat, to insert your own views into what ought to be dispassionate and uh, careful decision-making. So it's tempting for no matter who's in power to abuse their authority and say, well, you know, I'm just doing this in the public interest, or I'm doing this because the law requires it, or I'm doing this because I think it's the right thing, as opposed to saying, let's take a step back figure out what the first principles are, and let's apply them in all cases. And obviously that for judicial decision-making, it results potentially in you having to tolerate government decisions you may not like as a conservative, but still may be constitutional. Or laws that are pretty stupid <laughs> that still may be constitutional. It's like Joe Biden's executive orders. Many of them are objectionable and lawless. Others are objectionable, but within the law. And just because you don't like what a politician is doing, or just because you don't like what a citizen is doing, it doesn't mean you should abuse your power to suppress their speech or their rights. And uh, that's a lesson for the right and the left, but the left doesn't, you know, you know, there are honest leftists who understand that, honest liberals who understand that. Uh, but the rising communists in this country don't care about any of that. They laugh at the notion that uh, your opposition would have rights. They, they oppose it. They believe their opposition is evil. Therefore, they don't have any rights. And so that's the danger we face with big tech and such. Uh, you know, the, the left thinks because... They don't like because Donald Trump was the president they objected to. They didn't like his tweets. They could destroy him. They could destroy his civil liberties. You saw that with the rule of law attacks on him through the Justice Department and Mueller, even with the raids on Giuliani and Victoria Tenzing recently. So this is just to bring it all forward again. 
we have big tech colluding with big government to engage in big censorship. And it's not just about Donald Trump. It's about you. Because if Judicial Watch can't communicate with you thanks to censorship, if Donald Trump can't communicate with you thanks to censorship, if other individuals can't communicate with you against, uh, thanks to censorship, it's your speech and your right to know that's being curtailed. And obviously, as I highlighted in our statement related to Donald Trump, is that this, the suppression of Donald Trump chills the speech of everyone, uh, certainly conservatives. And I, uh, you probably are carefully, you know, like many others, I'm not saying everyone's doing this, but you're probably thinking, can I put this online without being censored? Or maybe I need to change this word. Or maybe I should leave that thought unsaid because Facebook will take it down and I'll lose my account. That's the, that's the situation we're in. And Judicial Watch is investigating it, litigating over it, and more is coming, believe you me, on both fronts. So, you know, what I love about Judicial Watch is that our, our use of the Freedom of Information Act allows us to highlight and educate for the American people every issue the government's involved in. And so Judicial Watch can literally invest, I shouldn't say literally, I hate that overuse of that phrase, but can investigate everything more or less, at least under the Freedom of Information Act. And that's an effective way to hold government accountable because so much of what government does, they do because they think no one will catch them doing it. Or they think uh, even if someone catches them doing it, as long as no one else knows about it or it's kept secret or to a small group of people, even if it is public, uh, no one will do anything about it. And Judicial Watch is uh, the group that kind of upends that whole strategy because not only do we know what questions to ask and how to get information out, and we don't say how we don't know uh, how to get information out of the government, and we don't take no for an answer. But when we get the material, we release it in a widespread way that not all the time, but oftentimes results in the government either backtracking, changing its policy, or at least behaving more honestly. And one of the crises we're facing that Judicial Watch is very interested in uncovering the details about is the border crisis uh, created by Joe Biden. Joe Biden changed the rules at the border, changed our policies in a dramatic and, uh, 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 dramatic and quick way, and it resulted in a crisis like we've never seen at the border. It's a crisis. Joe Biden doesn't want to call it a crisis, but it is a crisis. And the crisis victimizes everyone involved. It victimizes, obviously, those who live at the border, every American citizen whose sovereignty is harmed, every American citizen who is taxed more and faces increased income tax and other tax and public um, sector liability because of the influx of, uh, of countless illegal aliens. And it harms illegal aliens who get victimized as a result of the human trafficking that is enabled and expanded as a result of the green light given to that activity by Joe Biden at the border, where children are being trafficked into the United States. And rather than those involved being prosecuted to the full extent of the law, the uh, federal government uses your tax dollars to help 
the traffickers get the children to the endpoints they were seeking to get them to to begin with. They're flying illegal aliens into the border area to pick up children that they were responsible, it looks like, for trafficking. They're flying families and adults and children out using your tax dollars, putting them up in hotels and such. Now, the big news has been, because the media is focused on this and, and, and the Re Republicans focused on this, and rightly so, is the, uh, uh, the overwhelmed social welfare, uh, well, I shouldn't say the, the human services, uh, social services sector at our border due to the influx of illegal alien children who are being trafficked uh, by uh, the cartels and people like that. And so these uh, facilities uh, near the border were being overwhelmed, um, unsanitary, unsafe conditions for everyone involved, children, adults, and the American citizens and government officials who had to oversee the situation. And so what Judicial Watch has done, and we've already seen this before during the Obama administration, is uh, is followed up on the reports of, of the abuse of children in these facilities. And of course, because the media likes open borders, they don't want to pursue these issues. There's been this unprecedented secrecy around the uh, tsunami of uh, illegal alien migrants uh, that the uh, Biden administration has invited across the border, practically speaking, by essentially uh, shutting down much enforcement. And what Judicial Watch has done is we sued the, uh, uh, not not DHS, but HHS. So it's, uh, you know, one of the reasons things are a mess with the border is because you have all these multi, all these various agencies uh, taking a hand in uh, certain aspects of what goes on there. So Department of Homeland Security provides border security more or less and interior security related to immigration enforcement. But HHS deals with uh, children once they get across the border. And uh, they've uh, been reports of abuses uh, in San Antonio. There were uh, three reports of abuse and neglect at the Freeman Coliseum there, where more than 1,300 migrant children reportedly have been held. And those abuse reports were given to Texas authorities. And this is just one of several setups to handle the search. Uh, and of course, there are other reports, forget about the abuse, that the places are just unsafe generally. And as you may recall, media is kept out, members of Congress were kept out or restricted in what they could share. Uh, people were having phones, uh, uh, photos deleted or being asked to delete photos and things like that. And a lot of this was kind of some of the material we know about what was going on in terms of pictures was a result of uh, members of Congress saying, you know, I'm going to take a picture and figure I'm, this is going to come out, or people literally smuggling out pictures. So uh, we asked for all summaries of individual case files or reports of physical and or sexual abuse or assault of unaccompanied alien children under the care of HHS, sub-agencies and or volunteer agencies, contractors, grantees, and sub-grantees to include all segregable, non-exempt information. That's an important point because what they say is, well, sometimes there's this part of the document that you can't see. Therefore, you can't see the entire document. We're like, no, 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 no. You block out what you want. Give us the rest and we'll argue over whether you block what you block out. 
Uh, but you have to remember, it's not just HHS, but there are all these nonprofits and other entities that get money from the government to take care of uh, these um, aliens. Uh, we also wanted records reflecting aggregated data of, phys of physical and or sexual abuse and assault of, of UACs, unaccompanied alien children, under the care of um, HHS and uh, the sub-agency. So we want uh, the reports and the numbers. And it's Judicial Watch doing the heavy lifting on this basic information about the Biden border crisis. And as I say in the uh, uh, statement, we're concerned that the surge of migrants seeking to take advantage of the Biden administration's lax, lax, and that's putting a charitable, isn't it? Immigration policies has resulted in the foreseeable abuse of children as overwhelmed federal authorities are ill-equipped to handle the huge number of children coming across the border. The unprecedented secrecy and censorship surrounding these sites compounds the problems and limits accountability. Our lawsuit aims to expose the full truth about this particularly troubling consequence of the Biden administration's lawlessness on immigration. The full truth, that's what we want. And I don't know about you, but when it comes to smuggling children, I'm an abolitionist. I want to abolish human smuggling on the border. This human trafficking, everyone pretends Oh, once these folks are here, if they only could get free and clear of the border, then they're free and clear. Well, A, they're not here legally, and B, they're often sent into situations where they're forced to work to pay off their debt to the smugglers. It's indentured servitude, to put it mildly. I mean, the scandal around illegal aliens, those of us who support of, of the treatment of illegal aliens, those of us who support the rule of law and immigration, we're on the side of the angels. Because the rule of law protects everyone. It protects illegal aliens by controlling the curtailing human smuggling and securing the border. It stops the activity that results in human rights abuses. Those who want open borders, uh, and they may not acknowledge this, but it results in human rights abuses. Lawlessness victimizes in the area of immigration, those who are citizens and illegal aliens. So those of you who oppose um, the failure to enforce the law on illegal immigration, you're on the side of right. And don't you be ashamed or embarrassed because you're on the side of protecting the children and the others who are victimized by these human smuggling operations largely run by the cartels. I mean, Biden has, has put this country's sovereignty at risk. He stopped deporting people, practically speaking, but latest numbers, I, I don't have the number in front of me, it was like between two and 3,000. Immaterial number of people being deported as of uh, the last month's numbers. Typically, hundreds of thousands of people will be deported this fiscal year, I think the numbers are going to be 55,000. There are 11 million people here illegally. A million are probably going to cross the border directly this year, at least. At least. I mean, all the numbers I'm giving you are low. 
because I've been doing this long enough to know that if I overstate the numbers, they'll come after me and tell me tell tell you I'm lying and sh- shut me down. So I'm understating the numbers. But you can look up the numbers. Go educate yourself about these numbers. These are publicly available numbers, and you're going to be shocked by them. So I'm pleased that Judicial Watch is doing this work. And as I told you last week, we were in court earlier this week on behalf of our taxpayers uh, clients in Maryland who are trying to vindicate the rule of law by stopping tax dollars and stopping a government from spending tax dollars to provide cash payments in violation of federal law and state law to illegal aliens under the guise of COVID. So we had a big appellate court hearing then um, this past week on it. And I don't know what the court's going to do in the end. Uh, but uh, again, you know, we're in court. Judicial Watch isn't just talk, we're action. We are an action group. We educate you and we're in court. We take steps to stop government misconduct, to enforce the rule of law. Now, more groups are beginning to do that on our side of the philosophical divide, which is great. I want more lawsuits. I want more groups challenging government misconduct. And Judicial Watch will continue uh, to do that on your behalf. So we had a case this week, a lawsuit that we filed this week uh, that uh, you may find interesting. Uh, And and of course, the media just completely attacked us over it. But I want to talk about this because I think you'll enjoy the discussion. So remember Joe Biden's dogs, the two German Shepherds? Beautiful. I'm sure they're great dogs, Major and Champ. Well, one of the dogs, which one was the dog that was biting? Major bit someone at the White House. Twice. Not the same. I don't know if it's the same person, but he bit two people, maybe. As many as two people at the White House back in March. And I think he got sent away for training and he may be back home now. But uh, the uh, suggestion was that uh, that it could have been Secret Service that were that was bitten, Secret Service agent or law enforcement personnel that was bitten. And of course, because it's Donald, excuse me, because it's Joe Biden, the details of this are hidden. And I, I just imagine if Donald Trump had a German Shepherd who was going around biting White House staff and had bitten two White House staff. Just imagine what the media's interest in that would be. Well, we asked the Secret Service for information about. This is what we asked. All records of communications between U.S. Secret Service officials responsible for protection at the White House regarding the Biden family dogs named Champ and Major. And as I said in my statement, I'm sure Major and Champ are good dogs, right? All all dogs are good dogs in their own way, right? But I don't trust the politicians and bureaucrats. It's not the dogs. It's the politicians and bureaucrats I'm suspicious of, and I'm sure you agree with me. And the public has a right to know the details about any incident in which the Secret Service personnel were injured by the President Biden's dog. Is that a controversial point? Well, the fact that we sued for this has driven the left crazy. And, uh, you know, we're making a point by suing because this is, again, some basic questions that otherwise the media would have had answered, especially if it was a politician they didn't like, but they're protecting Joe Biden. I mean, all the Secret Service has to say is, we have these documents, here they are, but we don't have any documents. 
But this is another instance, and this is this is the more serious aspect of it, of the Secret Service protecting Joe Biden. Because you may recall the allegations, for instance, that the Secret Service intervened to help Hunter Biden clean up the fact that he lost a gun or had a gun. Uh, yeah, he lost a gun, at least temporarily. And you may recall that we had to sue the Secret Service to get the full breadth of information or non-information, depending on your point of view, about Hunter Biden's travels. They were providing Secret Service protection on the travels. It was only Judicial Watch's lawsuit that exposed, or our FOIA request, that exposed that Biden had been to China five times and to, I think, had 29 trips generally overseas while his father was vice president. And our lawsuit exposed that that protection stopped. Why? We don't know. But in our experience, the Secret Service uh, is uh, just like every other government agency. And uh, in the case of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, they break the law to protect those uh, you know, who are part of the establishment, as I call it. So this is an interesting lawsuit. Uh, we're going to pursue it. And um, it's part of our efforts to make sure that the Secret Service obeys the law. You know, so the media said, oh, Judicial Watch is suing the dog. It's ridiculous. I just wish the media would ask the Secret Service, why, as a law enforcement agency, aren't you following FOIA law? Every time Judicial Watch sues under the Freedom of Information Act, that's, that's, that means a government agency has broken the law, has broken the law. I don't know about you, but I think the Freedom of Information Act is a pretty darn important federal law. How is it we hold the government accountable if we don't know what it's up to? Yet these agencies, particularly law enforcement, don't give a rat's tail about it. The only reason they pay attention to it is when groups like Judicial Watch go into federal court and make them accountable. So, a lot going on here. Immigration, big tech, coordination with government to target the free speech rights and First Amendment rights of Donald Trump and American citizens, it looks like. We already know that's the case. You know, that's, that's a we are in dangerous times in terms of constitutional government where our citizens, are, the rights of the God-given rights of citizens are protected. And Judicial Watch understands the crisis and is doing what we can under law to uh, protect the republic. And I encourage you to support our work. I tell you what, we get this information out. The best thing you can do initially is to spread it far and wide. You know, I'm on Parler, I'm on Telegram, Judicial Watch is on Rumble. We're on all these alternative sites, right? But we're also on the big sites because that's where all the people are. I've been locked out of Twitter, but Judicial Watch is on Twitter. We're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. And go and follow us on those websites and social media sites. And of course, our website, judicialwatch.org, we're on YouTube. And share this information far and wide. I don't care if you read it all, just share it. It's good stuff and it deserves to be read widely 
and given access to as many Americans as possible. Because for now, we're still online. And while we're online, let's take advantage and use all the tools available to us to educate the American people and defend our Constitution and the rule of law. And on top of that, I encourage you to support our work directly. I don't ask. Uh, uh, I know there are a lot of people online who are always asking for money and selling stuff. And I don't do enough of that. I don't ask for your money enough. I don't sell enough stuff for the judicial watch, given the importance of the work, because I get focused on just doing the work. But obviously, we can't save the world without your support. We can't save the country without your support. So I encourage you to support our work with a financial donation. And if you uh, have already supported our work with a financial donation, I want to extend thank you on behalf of me and my colleagues at Judicial Watch and encourage you to renew your support with additional donations because our work is never ending in the quest for truth, justice, and the rule of law. Thank you, and I'll see you next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. You have just listened to Tom Fitton's weekly update on JW TalkNet. Remember to subscribe and donate at judicialwatch.org slash donate.